I don't think. All right, man. Till we're all growing a beard. A man's face should never be bare. We just want some facial hair. We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, it's good to see you. This is uh, Behind the Beards. Um, and here we pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes and try to reveal the things that you need to know about your ministers and your ministry leaders. Uh, I'm Josh Fowler. I'm a preaching minister. I had to think about that for a minute. What do I do here, actually? <laughs> Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, ran to my brother, Aaron Partlow, on the other side of the screen there as a youth minister. And Good Kansas. What's going on? What's new in your world, Mr. P. What's new in our world? Well, we just did a one-day retreat out at the old tall grass. Um, we um, took our uh, three-day model, and I shrunk it down to a one-day. So parents drove and dropped off teens at tall grass uh, on Saturday. And we got there and did some quiet time and taught a couple Bible classes, played a couple games, had a little free time, ate some good lunch and some good dinner and sent them on home. So it was it was a fun, it was a beautiful day. It was like 72, 70 degrees out at Tallgrass, um, light wind. So it was it was a blast. Light wind in Kansas. You don't don't hear that very often. <laughs> Light wind. It, it cracks me up when, uh, you know, they talk about, you know, a breezy day. You know, they'll have, you know, wind gusts up to 10 to 12 miles per hour. So it's going to be breezy. So make sure you button everything down. I'm like, that's funny. It's funny what uh, perspective, right? Right. What's yeah. What's not joke. like 10 to 12 miles an hour. That's that's calm in Oklahoma, Kansas. Yeah. No joke. Can't even like, fly a kite. There's no wind. <laughs> it was great. Oh, we got a a little message. Of course, we knew we knew it was coming, and uh, so we weren't completely, you know, taken by surprise. But uh, got a message from Dustin, who uh, said he I is did. engaged. I saw um, that on Instagram. He's going to be married. Um, so <laughs> that's pretty cool. That is cool. New daughter-in-law on the way. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I've told him. I've given him permission. Um, her name, her last name is Death. I was like, I have never heard that last name before, but that has to look intimidating on a military uniform. You I know? bet it does. Yeah. Um, like, uh, but she's a she's a cool girl. Really sweet. Um, we haven't met them in person, but we've gotten to Facetime with them a lot, and. Uh, uh, got a really sweet message from from her mother this past week, so we're hoping uh, to be able to make a little trip up to the northeast and uh, around around Christmas time and get a chance to at least meet her parents, uh, just to get to know them a little bit. So we'll see how that works out. Who knows with with everything kind of getting all messed up with winter and flu season, how exciting. rolling around. So yeah, it'd be really cool. That is really cool. Hey, uh, just a reminder for you guys. I don't know if you've seen our recent announcements, but um, if you are not able to catch us live and um, also you just don't like the way our faces look, um, 
You can find us now on the podcast store. Uh, you can find us on the Google podcast store, the Apple podcast store, Spotify, um, and another one. Uh, what's okay. Anchor? You can find us on Anchor. Uh, you can also follow our Twitter uh, as well. Uh, and we tweet when we go live. And we also will uh, tweet our questions out as well. So um, anything, you can uh, interact with us that way uh, in those places. So, um, so check us out. That's right. Um, Google Play Store is giving me some fits right now, but I'll have that uh, ironed out here in the very near future. It's good stuff. Yeah, we're really excited about uh, expanding. So, yeah, who knows? Someday maybe we'll be something, right? Probably not, but you know, <laughs> as long as my mom thinks I'm cool. That's right. Man, Jonathan, 36 degrees this morning. Um, how cold is it in Topeka today? It cold? Today, it's not that cold. It's 39. <laughs> it's not that cold. It's 39. No, I'm so we were in shorts was, and jockers. I was laughing with uh, at myself a little bit. So I had a, a, a middle school football game last night. And so the sun sets here now with this daylight savings time. The sun set yesterday at 5.07. What is that? Like, is it fake? <laughs> like... Well, it's. I don't know if it's daylight saving. I don't know how it's saving me any daylight time. Get um, up earlier. True. I'm already up at about. Well, Heather's up at five thirty. I get up about six. Um, she's she's better about getting the kids off to school than I am. Um, but you know, last night the sun's supposed to set around five oh seven, and it was going to be sixty degrees at kickoff, and so. I texted all the guys. I'm like, hey, we're wearing long pants and long sleeves tonight, right? Because um, 60, is, 60 is cold here. Uh, you, you're you going to shrug your shoulders and shake your head. but um, I know I you're going to say because, because you know, the air is damper. But do you forget <laughs> that I came from Oregon? <laughs> Everything is damp in Oregon. It is a moist state. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's true. But um, I used to laugh at people who would say that. But you know, it is there's uh, there's something to it. Uh, but yeah, I was wearing I was wearing long pants and long sleeves, and um, by the end of the game, I was wishing I had gloves. Um, I've gotten weak. Yeah, you get true. you get really accustomed to warm weather. It doesn't take long for your body to adapt to warmth. That's true. Um, so I actually, and you know, Josh knows me better than most people, and he knows how much I complain during summer camp when we have to like go outside. Uh, but now, like after, like since Josh abandoned me to go to Louisiana, I've and Bryce left as well. I've had to run the encounters. Um, so now I wear my big straw hat, which is like obnoxious. I had one of the one of the parents, or not one of the parents, one of the young adults at our church came out and he says, "Yeah, that hat is like obnoxious." Um, but I'm glad that you enjoy it. <laughs> and I was like, I do enjoy it. Um, but now like I, I kind of enjoy like the summer heat and I play Frisbee golf a lot better when it's like hot, um, and things like that. So it's interesting how I have evolved. Adapted. Oh, evolved. adapted. Yeah. Adapted. Adapted. I like adapted better. Adapted. No, very cool. Well, since you said summer camp, you know, our, uh, episode title today, I, I wonder how many people. Or going, man, poor man sumo. I wonder what poor man sumo is. And I tried to come up with a funny little conversation piece to get everything started. Um, well, that's think of what, what's what is the 
what is the well i mean i just i would just ask what is your favorite um group camp activity game that you've ever that you've ever gotten to play um um or what is the weirdest name for an activity that you've heard that would be good because i think we come up with like some really weird names so this on saturday saturday we played two games so our theme for our uh, our retreat was happy rebirthday. Um, so shout out to Sunday Cool. They did an awesome job. We were focusing and talking about baptism. I actually had a really good conversation with my brother-in-law yesterday about this. Um, I said, well, I just don't feel like, well, he said, I just don't feel like we talk about baptism as much. Like we, we used to talk about it a lot. And then I think we've gone like the opposite route. And now we don't talk about it you know, nearly as much sometimes and what it means and what it, so not talking about that today on the show, but, um, so we did a whole, so our retreat was like focused on baptism. So, uh, we talked about it as your rebirth day. Uh, so everything, and Josh knows me, like I am theme crazy, like everything, <laughs> like I love like an extremely themed retreat. Mm -hmm. So we played a game called human pinata. <laughs> which which was a lot of fun i um it was and it was actually kind of terrifying so i got all of my teens and we put them in the gagoctagon uh which if you don't know at Tallgrass, we made this giant um octagon, octagon but they're 12 foot planks um so we call it the gagoctagon it's like the arena of death and um so I put them all in there and they're wearing their masks and now I've got them blindfolded. So basically they just have like a bag over their head. It's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> and then I give them a pool noodle and uh, like the whole goal is to, is to hit somebody else. When you hit somebody else, they're out. Um, and so you're blindfolded. You're trying to listen to where people are and you're hearing pool noodles go whoosh, like right past your face and you're like whoosh, whoosh, and swatting everywhere and it was it was a lot of fun. So we played the first round ninja style where you know one person can move and then the next person moves and the next person moves. Uh, and that was kind of fun. And then we played two rounds of freestyle where you could just move at your leisure and try to do it. So then I had one kid, of course, rip his pool noodle in half and stick his arms out. And he's like, I'm a whirlwind! And he just like <laughs> whirlwinding around. Um, luckily nobody got hurt, but so that was, that was kind of fun. That was our opening <laughs> icebreaker game for our youth group. That's awesome. It's, it's one of the great, um, and you know, I'm going to say great challenges, uh, because it is a challenge, but it's a challenge in a, for me in a really positive way, because it forces me to get into this creative mindset that is almost required if you're going to connect with. Um, and, you know, not just teens, if you're going to connect with anyone. Yeah. Um, and that's true whether they're, you know, 9, 19 or 90. You know, you, you have to be creative if you want to capture people's attention. And so many of, of the games that we play, like one of the things that I loved about, about our camp was everything had a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, even, even the volleyball games that we would play when we would pit cabin against cabin, everything had a purpose. Um, no moment in that span of whether it was a week or three days or one day. Wasted. Um, no wasted no moment, moment wasted. That's right. Uh, free time. 
you know, free time was free, but it was structured in a way uh, where it was it was steering them towards an objective that we wanted them to to get out of things. So um, these games, you know, you, you got to find some way of capturing their attention, because if you don't, they're going to assume, you know, what's going on and then they're going to miss out on the instructions. Right. And the instructions are the key. Um, clearly worded expectations, you know, are the key to a good camp game or encounter or camp activity. Um, and anything that you can do that that brings in this, like, hey, we're going to play poor man sumo today. Nobody knows what poor man sumo is. Right. Um, I'm not oh. even sure I yet know what poor man sumo exactly is. Well, and getting that hype going is really important, too. And I think that's kind of helps with some of the like the fantastic and weird names. Um, two years ago, we played a game called Ultimate Sombrero, um, yes. and it was like it was this really awesome. It was really fun and awesome, and it was really hard to learn. But as soon as you got it, it was fun and it was really kind of cool. Um, but then being able to tell the kids all week, you know, hey. Friday, we're going to play Ultimate Sombrero. And they're like, what is Ultimate Sombrero? That sounds amazing. Um, and uh, Yeah, I'm disappointed I didn't get to experience that game. I know uh, we were on that conference call when uh, when we came up with the idea and the guidelines for that. Bless you. Look like you're about to sneeze. And thank you for turning the mic off. You can turn it back on now, though. I have been fighting go. it. Uh, <laughs> this sneeze is like keeps wanting to like come out. Um, <sighs> but uh, yeah, the just just laying the that activity out, I was like, I can't believe I'm going to miss this game. Um, I got to find a place to put this into into action. So my um, weirdest, what's the weirdest name? Do you have an answer for that, Josh? Mine is Saki Saki Noodle Two Thousand. Um. And that game was the biggest flop that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and that was created by Jonathan Reynolds. Uh, I don't mind uh, shouting him out. That's okay. Yeah, that's good. No, I think um, uh, probably maybe Plocky. You know, Plocky may have been the one that was so, I mean, you kind of hear that name and you think, oh, that's kind of weird, but I can kind of imagine what it is until you say, no, it's plunger hockey. And you're like, right. toilet plunger hockey? Or is there another kind of plunger? Please tell me there's another kind of plunger. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, you know, so Plocky or even, I mean, I, poor man Sumo is going to be my all-time favorite, maybe of all time, just because of the, the links that we had to go to to pull that game off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, you know, it was surprisingly really hard that summer to find large inner tubes. Okay. So maybe we should just like actually explain what poor man sumo is. So, right poor now? man, do you want to? Or yeah, do we have to wait? Well. Okay. No, it's okay. If poor we keep giving suspense for too long, they'll leave. So, they already have. We were up to 10. Now we're down to seven. Uh, poor man sumo is, uh, is this really fun game? So basically, we get whatever you have a rope, or uh, I prefer chalk if you can do a chalk line. We you do a giant sumo circle, uh, and then you get oversized inner tubes. Um, <clears throat> we used to, I, I, I don't know why I remember this, but when I was uh, a camper, we used to, um, I feel like we used to use uh, car tires, like you know, inner tubes, and you can get them really large or something. I don't know why, but I thought that, but um, maybe I was wrong, but. Um, we found that just getting uh, inner tubes like from Walmart 
uh, worked equally as good. And you blow up three, and then you create a duct tape harness by ductating the tubes together and then creating a harness where the tubes wrap around you and sit on your shoulders. <coughs> the harness does. So now you're sitting there and you are just surrounded by these inner tubes and um, almost like a sumo suit. So the inspiration, um, you know, if you remember, or the re-inspiration came because those giant bubbles came out. Mm -hmm. Then they were showing people running around playing soccer in these giant bubbles. Um, but our budget could not... Um, Womp, womp. Uh, couldn't could not absorb the cost of those massively expensive bubbles. It was like, okay, hey guys, no food or shirts this week, <laughs> but we are going to play a lot of bubble soccer. So. Yeah, and, and so we started exploring, like, okay, so what could we do that might mimic, in our minds, what is the safety of this giant bubble surround? Um, and so we came up with massive inner tubes. As it turned out, it didn't end up being quite as safe as we had anticipated. Now a lot of a lot of concussion scares. Um and and a lot of uh there was one guy who loved the game who was very much larger than the rest of the campers. <laughs> and <laughs> may have legitimately been a sumo wrestler. <laughs> Absolutely. No, so we would just sumo wrestle. And so you've got these giant inner tubes on. We did have wrestling headgear. Mm -hmm. Um that did not turn out to be as protect protective as we had hoped it would be. Probably just flat out um, needed like bicycle helmets would have been even better. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but then they would just get in there and they would sumo wrestle. Um, and you know, we did it kind of towards towards the evening. And we like we were outside. Three people made it a little bit more fun, right? And uh, we just played until I mean, we played until dark, man, and it was dark and we couldn't see. And that was one of those games that. Nobody really wanted to play, but everyone wanted to watch and nobody wanted to leave. Right. You know, and, and that to me was that, that kind of mark of success where you have some people that are bold enough to jump in and give it a shot. Everybody kind of wants to, but nobody, not nobody, but there were very few people that had the courage to kind of get in the ring. Um, but well, then as time went on, they started kind of, okay, okay. And then we started pitting up some more equal pairings or triplets. So that somebody didn't get hurt. Um. Yeah, and that was one of those ones where, like, yeah, it's it's it kind of starts off really slow, and you get a couple of the people who really who want to do it, and then towards the end of the night, like, you have to cut it early, but you have like twenty people who are still wanting. To, oh, I was going to face off against them. Oh, we wanted to face off against them, and then you got your your friends groups, and then you're like, I want to go off against the director, you know. And and just like, like I am that. not putting myself in that frame of liability. I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I am too old for this. Um, you know, so uh what do you think uh what do you think goes into like some of these? What's the first thing you look for when when you're planning like an activity? Um is it fun? Is it something that's doable? Are you just looking for something outrageous or mm. your mind? Uh oh. Well, you don't want to open this can. So what, how do I, so honestly, like what I try to do is I try to find, I try to find something and then I look at it and I go, okay, how can I make this big? And how can I make this ridiculous? Um, that's literally like the two things when it's a game, that's what I try to do. So like, 
we also played this game called Senor Pepper uh, this weekend. And it was, I was just at Barnes and Noble. And by the way, youth ministers, anybody has to do stuff for a game. Hold on. Anybody who has to do stuff like bargain places is the way to go. Uh, so I go to Barnes and Noble and they always have their last chance stuff. So for like 10 bucks, I found this, uh, this game called Senior Pepper. Um, and it's, it's kind of <laughs> like spoons, right? This is awesome. And you flip over a card, you have to do some quick math, and then you grab the right pepper, right? That's all there is to it. And it's meant for like three to four players. So I go and I look at it and I go, all right, how do I do this for 15? <laughs> what do I have to do? <laughs> what do I have to change? You know? And so I, I just think about like, how can I make this bigger and better? Um, and so uh, if we ever do it for camp, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, blow the cards up so they're even bigger uh and things like that um uh and and think like that's that's what i try to do i just when i think of camp i think of like something big and something ridiculous cheap uh and and that kind of stuff so for this game we set up tables uh across the basketball court right and i put all the peppers down at one end and everyone had their card on their forehead um, and then on the count of three, they all slapped it on the table and then you took off running for the right pepper, uh, and tried, and you had to come back and sit down to get your points. So I didn't really change a whole lot other than the fact that I bought two games, um, so that we could have eight people playing at a time, uh, and things like that. So that's, that's where I really start. Um, and then other times, like I just, I like, I'll find an object and I'm like, Ooh, this is just a really cool thing. What can we do to have fun with this? You right, know? Um, right. So that's kind of a weird way to go about it too. But um, like I've created a game one time, totally built around um, one of those uh, shape things. Like you put the shapes in and then they fall down. I was like, Oh, there's gotta be like a really cool game that we can play with this. Like, this is fun. Uh, I mean, it's not fun. It's like for like a one-year-old, but I was right. like, this could be cool. Like, let's try to do something like blindfolds always add fun. Hiding stuff is always fun. Um, so that that's where I always start. Yeah, I look at, um, you know, you kind of look at the weekend mm. or look at the week and, you know, kind of think and, and i start with kind of that theme because we were very themed and so mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know is there is there a game and this is probably more for encounters than it was for games the encounters begins with what's the lesson that we want to learn yes and yeah. what is the most bizarre way we can teach this lesson yeah maybe what is the most frustrating way we could teach this lesson and we probably need to do one on encounters sometime because we could talk for weeks on encounters always um, but with games, it is how, because you know that there is always, um, there's always that person in the group that is ultra competitive mm -hmm. and ultra athletic. And in that same group, you have someone who um, is not athletic, can't stand sports, and is the least competitive person of all. Mm -hmm. And the games have to bring them into a place of equality. Right. So I, I look for things and ways that we can move and shape a game that takes the most unathletic person 
-hmm. and gives them an advantage and um, hinders the most athletic people. Um, that was the cool thing about about Bill's tall ball, right? Right. Is you have baseball players that could hit the ball a mile that couldn't hit a tall ball four feet. Right. And you have the most uncoordinated person in the world that goes and picks up a plastic bat and all of a sudden they're hitting home runs with this mm -hmm. tall ball that we have and the tee is up to your nose. And so it's just unnatural. And it, and it brings that level of athleticism into a medium. So everyone feels awkward and out of place. Mm -hmm. um, and so it helps us, it, it helps those of us who are competitive to be competitive in, in a different way because we recognize we're out of our element. And it helps those who have never been competitive to realize, hey, you know what? I'm in the mix with this thing and I'm really not an outcast. I, I blend in because everyone is really on equal turf because it doesn't really capitalize on anyone's ability. Mm -hmm. It's all about being in a group and and learning how to be competitive and respectful and glorifying ways, really. Um, and so those are the things there. Um, I like taking old games or old activities and figuring out how to put a spin on them. Mm -hmm. um, like one of my favorite things that we ever did was the simplest of all, ticks and chiggers. Ticks um, and chiggers. You know, and it's just a almost a stationary um, scavenger hunt game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joseph Marine, he was probably one of the best ticks and chigger moderators we ever had because he would come up with some of the most strange things for them to find on their person of their team. You know, and, and they couldn't leave the room. It had to be something that was on the person of the people that are there in the role of their team. And so it's a scavenger hunt, which is usually this really intricate, um, you know, excursion, as as we saw with uh, what was that the uh, the quest. The questers questing quest. Yes, the questers questing quest. Um, and it just takes it and simplifies it, but it simplifies it in a way that makes it really entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something you can do inside. You can do it anywhere. If it's raining, if it's snowing, if it's too blasted hot to go out, you know, we can line them up in the lodge, and we can take some of some of those things we're familiar with and flip it around a little bit, and and figure out how to make it enjoyable. Absolutely. Some of the most, some of the most competitive moments I ever had was in ticks and chiggers. I mean, mm -hmm. racing to the front and slapping things down on the table. And then I get to judge whether they actually fulfilled the uh, criteria or not. Right. Well, and there's, um, it, there's that idea of just taking something simple uh, and adding that spin to it. So I have found that like a lot of games are fun during the day, but for my youth group, uh, as soon as I mentioned these two words, they go crazy night game yeah right whoa you know it doesn't matter what it is if you can play it at night it is so much more fun you know and so uh we're we are known for and, and i'll have kids come to Tallgrass and be like are we gonna play a night game and i'm like no we don't play night games at Tallgrass. we play night games at my youth retreats um so if you want to come to our youth retreat you can play a night game um and i don't remember if i have if we've talked on here about free Willy, but that was one of those games that my wife, she helped coordinate. And it was like, it was a beautiful, beautiful game. We took a six foot inflatable orca, <laughs> which if you've ever seen the movie free Willy, then you know where the name came from. And then we taped those glow in the dark uh, bands around the silhouette of the orca. And our teenager, this is how simple the game was. Because it was played at night and because it was played with glow sticks, it was awesome. 
Um, but we, the a teen had to go out with Willie, hide, and then get back to the lodge without getting tagged. That's all they had to do. Came with some of the best photos and videos that we have uh, because you would see this silhouette of an orca with glow sticks. <laughs> Bouncing through, bouncing, the tall grass. bouncing through the tall grass uh, and then disappear and then reappear and start going, you know? And so it was, it was like a hunting game and it was a lot of fun, but such a simple and easy design cost me like 30 bucks, you know, 20 bucks for the whale, 10 bucks for the, the glow sticks. We played it for at least three and a half hours. Um, I mean, the kids just absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. And, and one of the biggest things is, the the inspiration for these kind of things come from some of the most random places. Oh, totally. Um, you know, like I I have spent hours like just pouring through. You know, I, I've got a whole like files and files and files of like games and game activities and, and right. all this stuff. And I spent hours and hours and hours pouring through those and figuring out, Ooh, can we do this? Could we do that? Could we modify this? We throw them out there give you a call. It's like, Hey, what about this? What about this? Throw them in the Google drive. And we're exploring them. And then someone walks up and says something like, or, or walks through the store with a big inflatable. And it's like, that's it. Ah! <laughs> you know, and uh, or you walk into Walmart and you see those giant animal heads mm -hmm. and it's like, that's the answer. <laughs> that that is the twelve dollar answer right that's there. The answer. It's that's frisbee fun. golf with uh, with giant animal heads. That's right. Um, you know, or whatever it is. And so, uh, you know, and, and then we get back into that. OK, now then, how do we take this game and how do we shape it? How do we get something out of it? How do we take it to a place that's now it's more than just a game? Um, it's a game that we're going to be able to uh, uh, reach everybody. Right. Um, well, and, and sometimes things are just games and sometimes things are connected to that meaning. Um, well, and I'm looking forward to, you know, shameless plug here. I'm looking forward to who put baby in the corner, who uh, put you know, baby in the corner that, uh, that episode, when we talk about reaching those, those, those of our midst that just are content to be on the fringe. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that to me, and maybe we can start talking about when what we see, you know, value in those, in, in these games is, you know, we have all kinds. We'd have camp wars, you know, and some of them were more athletic. Some of them were just bizarre games that um, nobody was good at, which made everybody perfect at them. Badminton. Um, it's amazing badminton. how many people are bad at badminton. You can have the most athletic kid. And I mean, it's like, they couldn't hit a, uh, you know, a shuttlecock to save their life. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, for me, I see success in a game where, where that person who's, who's kind of been standoffish, you know, maybe in the icebreakers, they were hesitant to join in. Um, you, you have kind of pockets of friends that are around and this person is just kind of around with one or two on the outside too Watching. cool for school kids. Sometimes too cool for school. Sometimes when too I, awkward. I, I'll find success when I can get those too cool for school kids who will actually participate and jump in. Um, because I feel like that's a boundary like uh, where I'm if I'm able to do this and make fun of myself, 
um, then that's one of those, for me, that's one of those equal boundaries. Um, as much as the kid who stands, you know, who's out in the fringe kind of a thing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if you remember um, the wrestling match I had in the lodge, I think our second year there. Um, it was one of those three boys that came from Baldwin City. Hmm. Um, you know, he was a high schooler. Um, he was uh, he was one of those fringe kids, mm-hmm. and he was brought by one of the ladies who just reached out to several families in the area. So the three of them came. They only knew each other. They didn't have any affiliation with any of our churches. Um, and as boys do, you know, they wanted to wrestle. And uh, Dominic was his name, and he's like, Mr. Josh, you want to go? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not wrestling you. Um, and he's like, oh, you afraid? I'm like, no, I'm not afraid. I'm just not wrestling you. Um, he was a big, strong kid. And I mean, he finally prodded me enough that said, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you three minutes. All right. If you can pin me in three minutes, you'll win. I'm going to tell you something, man. I have never been <laughs> so exhausted. <laughs> longest after, three minutes of my life. Longest three minutes of my life. But after three minutes, he reached his hand out and he goes, truce i said yes please. I, can't breathe. I can't breathe um uh, but you reach people mm. in some of the craziest ways as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and sometimes it's through that engagement and and not being willing to take yourself so seriously you know so when you say that you have like i think i think like four kinds of, of people that you find at those activities some of them are there because they've been forced to be there yeah um they either are forced to be there by their parents or at the with older folks, um, they're forced to be there uh, by their sense of guilt if they don't show up when the doors are open. Right. And so they're just there because they feel like they have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have another set of people who are there because they are genuinely excited about anything and everything you will put in front of them. Um, and then you have those kids who those kids and those people who really want to be excited about it. Um, but they're afraid of what their other people will think if they are. Mm-hmm. And then you have that that group on the other end of the spectrum um, that just wishes they could fit in, but they don't know how. And so they stand kind of off to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the value comes when you see those people no longer caring what their peers think. Um, and they just find themselves enjoying themselves, um, enjoying their time and actually having fun and, and putting all that away. And you have the group that's on the fringe on the other end engaging because they find a place where they actually feel like they fit in with everybody else. And that's what I see in those games. And when I look and I see all of those things mixed up, it's like, this is not what really what I had in mind, but this is perfect. <laughs> you know, it is such a it is such an amazing feeling. And it is so awesome to see after after you play one of these games and you see these kids who, you know, weren't talking to each other, didn't know each other afterwards are sitting down at the lunch table together, laughing and talking. You see these new friendships, these new relationships kind of be forged because they were put in these other places. Um, whether that be our camp wars, um, which we take very seriously unserious, um, you know, or whether it be poor man sumo and um or whether it be you know um solitaire stratego um you know or any of these other like these silly games that we play 
uh, but you see these relationships formed afterwards. Um, and I feel like that's like a lot of our job is trying to com create community. Right. Um, and it's something that um, I feel like we've kind of, we, we've, we've, we've moved away from like community is really important, but also because you have to build on top of that community, what kind of community are we going to be? Are we going to be the a Christian community and we're going to be a real Christian community, you know, uh, where we actually keep each other accountable and we lift each other up and we call each other out out of love and grace and peace. Um, so there's more to that and we can get into that later in another episode. Uh, when we talk about building communities um, yeah, and things like that. But that is so powerful, and I love that. And this kind of pulls into that episode we talked about in Icebreakers, where um, where you get these people, where you get people talking who haven't met each other before. And they walk away, and, um, you know, you say, okay, you got 10 minutes of free time. And instead of, like, people disappearing – you have now these different pockets yeah, that have right. been that have been mingled, and they're like, "Great, well, let's." I really enjoyed learning this about this person. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to that person, or, oh yeah, that's that's Mike. Like, dude, that guy rocked it today in kickball. Uh, you know, and you're like, oh well, yeah, like uh, Stephen had this awesome catch. Uh, you know, and um, and sometimes when we uh, we have counselors and things like that, that's something that we talk about in our staff meetings. Where are those moments that you can help build that conversation? Where can you walk into a conversation of guys and say, oh, did he tell you about this? This this guy or this girl did this today. Uh, and it was so awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, those are those powerful moments. And when you play really silly and dumb games, um, those moments can appear and can come out. Um, but nobody should ever play Outpost. Um, just just get rid of the game forever. It is so fun, though. Uh, but it is so injury-prone. It is. Um, I think we get so... We I, we had to stop playing it this last year because just because the Poison Ivy was so bad. Like, we would literally, like, half the camp would, would look like a, an old-school 90s lifeguard, you know? Because they just had, like, <laughs> like calamotion everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, just everywhere. So, well, I, I think we've kind of naturally come to this, uh, you know, behind the beards moment where you know Maybe how that works. You know, and, and you just talked about how uh, you know community is so important, mm -hmm. and um, and I, and I'm going to say, you know, we generally because I really genuinely believe that that most people who are leading your churches and your ministries really have this deep desire. Mm. and really almost everything that we do is designed to build community. Um, we live in community. We have neighborhoods. We have families. We have sporting teams. We have schools. Uh, we have these communities everywhere, and, and you see it, right? I mean, um, this past Saturday was supposed to be the LSU-Alabama game, um, and that is a Saturday here in Baton Rouge where nobody schedules anything. Um, in fact, the week before the LSU-Alabama game is always a bye week. So you know what happens in this community the week before the LSU-Alabama game? Everything. Everything. Everything is scheduled on that weekend because it's an off week for LSU and Alabama. And everybody's getting geared up for the big game because we have investment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, even even if we don't have physical investment in the team, there is a there's a mental, there's an emotional, there's a financial investment. You know, because it's a part of the community. They're representing our city, our town, our space, our state. Um, and so we find these places where we have that community. Uh, and and as ministers, what what we're really trying to do is we're trying to give you a space where you have that same kind of investment in your church community. Mm-hmm. And to realize that that we're bound together um, by something more powerful than purple and gold or, or burn orange or, or crimson and crimson and cream or any of those things, you know, that that bind us together. Right. And we're willing to do so much for so many other 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 places and other things, other entities. Um, you know, if, if the if the church is going to continue to succeed and advance um, into this world, people have to be able to come in and see this is a community I want to be a part of. Right. And, and recognize that. And that's that's the that's the great challenge, uh, not just for ministers, but I think for Christians as a whole mm-hmm. and for any people who are in churches is to is to really, truly find and create that community. That's totally true. And uh, if we're going to move forward and if uh, which we are, I mean, the church will move forward and the church will never be defeated. But uh, like if we are going to succeed uh, in reaching people, then we have to, we have to be more, we have to be more than uh, a t-shirt or more than something that looks great on your Facebook page, you know, or something like that. Like we've, we've got to be in lives and we have to be, um, you know, working together. Um, I mean, that's, that's really, it's really what it is. We have to have people invested. Right. Uh, and you've got to be invested. And, um, and we have to also, um, something that I've learned, lately is that you really have to celebrate those who are there. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, whether it's 10 or a hundred, celebrate the ones that show up, celebrate the ones who show up. So it's this really cool thing. So poor man, Sumo next Sunday, um, bring all of your inner tubes to church and, uh, wrestle to see who can sit on that back row furthest away from the preacher. Uh, uh, loser has to sit on the front row. Uh, yeah, but see, for us, you know, our uh, our air intake vents back at the back row, so nobody wants to sit at the back because that's where all the air is being sucked. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Push them to the front into the Smart. splash zone. Smart. <laughs> yeah, no joke. So, so crazy. Well, any uh, closing remarks from you, uh, Josh? I don't think so. I think that's a good place to quit. I think so. Work too. on building community. Work on work on building community and also um, work on being a part of that community. Um, so not only just building it, but just really um, being a part of it, especially as a member. It really uh, it's, it's super important. Uh, we want to thank you guys for being here today. Um, we also want to remind you of a verse that is very dear to our hearts. Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary in doing good. Man, I don't know about you guys, but COVID is spiking here in Topeka and it is stressful and it is hard and more hard decisions are being on the may are on the way. But we got to stand firm and not grow weary uh, and doing good. This world is messy and life is messy. Allow Christ to use you to do something different. Do something, do something in Jesus's name and do it for him. Uh, I'm Aaron and this is Josh and we will see you next week. 
on Behind the Beards. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for 